Welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and I have Tim Hall joining me today. He is the founder of Religion Matters Education Consultancy. He's also the director of academics at Thales Academy, and we're excited to talk with him today. And before we get into our conversation, I have to let you know that I need you to go to TreyGamers.com and subscribe to the Dash Podcast. It's also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And while you're there on the Dash, take some time to look at Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. It's a social and emotional learning workbook for middle and high school students. And I really am excited for you to get to dig into this. So it's been well received so far. And I want you to go check that out again at TreyGamers.com. But for now, in the rest of the time that we have, we're going to talk to Dr. Tim Hall. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. And, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. No, no problem at all. So, Tim, your, excite, your experience in education is very interesting. You know, and a lot of times I, I have not seen someone that is focused on religion in schools. So your company, Religion Matters, and looks like Thales Academy. Is this a, a religious academy as well? No, uh, Thales Academy is a secular uh, a school, so uh, they do have some Judeo-Christian principles, but, you know, in general, they, they do, they're not associated with any church of any sort. Um, exactly. so, uh, so they're not really uh, focused in on, on that themselves. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, it seems like there's been a big push, or I know there has been a big push the last 10 years or so to take religion out of schools. How have you been able to find the connection to put religion and education back in schools in your own way? I, I think that that's a, a very good question. I think uh, first off, I think I think there's some barriers to bringing uh, religion in the classroom, and 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 a lot of those barriers are associated with a um, misinterpretation of of the First Amendment. I mean. Most people that read the First Amendment and say Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Um, and many people in education, public education in particular, uh, feel that that means that religion should not be taught in the classroom at all. But, I mean, just as uh, Justice, Supreme Court Justice uh, Clark stated in a majority opinion um, years ago in 1963, and education is not complete without a study of comparative religion or a history of religion mm. and its relationship to the advancement of civilization. So, I mean, so our students really have to have an understanding of religion, but also in the classroom, we have to be teaching about religion and not for religion. And that, that's a distinction that I think uh, the kind of is difficult for teachers to I think there's some anxiety associated with that. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you separate the two when you're talking to a school or thinking about helping bring religion into the classroom in that way? What's the approach? Is it a curriculum that you're using to um, directly teach these lessons or about religion? Or is it more uh, subtle ways where you're kind of hinting at some of the truths in, say, the Bible or uh, different aspects of religion? No, I think, I think first off, I, I think what we have to understand first in society is religion isn't something that you can just, you know, put on, you know, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Mm. It's something that is really 
integrated throughout the culture. Mm. So you can't really just say, well, we're going to teach religion in, in this class and, and we won't talk about religion anywhere else. There are, there are ways in which you will have to discuss religion matters uh, throughout the curriculum. And so it should be, should be in some natural places, which of course, I mean, some natural places where it be in your history classes, you know, uh, those are some natural places and literature classes as well. Yeah. Um, but, but more importantly, and I, I could give you guidelines on this is that definitely teachers should be academic in their approach to religion, not devotional. Mm. Okay. I can understand that. I can understand that for sure. So it, it, and when you are like, I'm looking at your resume now, resume now, excuse me, on LinkedIn, and I see your different experience as a director of academics on the board of trustees for the classic learning test. You've been a principal before. Is there a difference that you've seen um, in your journey through education on how the ways that you're using religion implements or impacts the schools that you're working with? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say, of course, I have an experience in, in, in private school, public school, charter school. So I've had a broad spectrum of educational yeah. experiences. And I have found that in general, regardless of what area, what, whether it's private or public, or and I know charter school is public as well, but charter, regardless of that spectrum, teachers are very unsure about how religion should be incorporated in the mm. classroom. And they're very, uh, have a lot of anxiety associated with that topic. I mean, there's a variety of reasons, but uh, there is a lot of anxiety. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're in a private school, the teachers are very scared of it. If you're in a public school, they're very scared of it. And even in a charter school environment, they're, they're very scared of, uh, of religion in the classroom. They're very, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's some anxiety associated with it. Yeah. What do you think that, well, where did you start to find the connection between the two or find that that was a, something that you need to focus on, a real passion that you had to bridge that gap between religion and education? It started, uh, I was teaching uh, medieval uh, studies. I, I created a medieval studies history elective in um, at a charter school, and I was teaching that class. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the Middle Ages, you, you, you have to talk about uh, Christianity for sure. And I felt, you know, as I was teaching about Christianity, I started to see that first off, some of the students were uh, kind of somewhat confused because they were confused well, he's talking about Christianity. Should we really be talking about this? Mm. And then there were some teachers saying, well, should you be talking about Christianity in the, in the classroom? And, of course, my response was, and, you know, having a, a background in medieval history is like, you can't understand the Middle Ages unless you un understand Christianity and its influence yeah. on the Middle Ages. So that's why I saw, I said, if you take that, you know, the Middle Ages in Christianity and then apply it to a larger global environment, Mm -hmm. You really can't understand a lot of society without understanding some of the religious context of that society. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, Tim, what, what do you feel like is an obstacle in the way of your mission or your purpose right now? Um, I, th I think there are a few obstacles in general associated with uh, religion in the classroom. And as first is gaining some awareness to teachers that, look, you can teach about religion in the classroom and you're not going to, uh, you're not uh, hurting the constitution at that point. You're not breaking anybody's first amendment rights by teaching about religion in the classroom. Mm. 
-hmm. I think that's the first obstacle. And then the other obstacle I think really associated with teachers in general is, is that many people think that, well, you don't really know, need to know about religion because the world is very secular. Mm. And, and I, think, I think that misconception is problematic because it, I think, Trey, you probably know as well as I do, that you could go anywhere in, in South Carolina, North Carolina, and see lots of religious expression. Yeah. You know, and you can't sure. ignore that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, you know, I guess it's tolerated differently or I guess received differently would be a better way to put it in different kind of pockets of your situations or where you're living at. Here in South Carolina, you know, we're in part of the Bible Belt and we're at a place where, um, you know, Sundays, if you go to church, we have blue line laws that you can't buy anything that's non-essential before like 1, 1 p.m. because you're supposed to be at church from one. So there's literally yeah. ropes that go around walmart so that you can't buy clothes or electronics and stuff like that so you know school um definitely still has some religion in it in some way form or fashion um so yeah i i, I think that's some interesting work in the way that you're approaching religion and academics and if i kind of switch gears and i know you've had your academic hat on but thinking about it in your role at bailey's academy how do you see um as the director of academics, how do you see religion impacting? Because I'm, I'm thinking of it, thinking about religion in the classroom makes me think about character development. And so character development and social emotional learning go oh. in hand. So I'm, I'm wondering how, how do you tie SEL and character development to your academic or religious um, practices as well? Well, I, I would say with uh, social emotional learning it is really uh, education for the whole child. I think you would agree with me on that. And um, sure, absolutely, absolutely, it's definitely teaching the whole child. Okay. So, um, so with that, I mean, with an education that includes an understanding of religion and the religious traditions in a culture, a student is able to listen to and reflect on and think critically about a variety of perspectives. Mm -hmm. while they're also tackling the most critical questions of life. Now, this is, to me, is definitely an education for the whole child. And then, you know, in addition, looking at, you know, understanding about religion, it gives students a deeper awareness and understanding of themselves and others mm -hmm. in this learning as well. So they get to learn more about the community around them. So if they understand about Islam, you know, uh, Christianity, Judaism, you know, the religions, and they know that these people have this background, they have a better understanding of their community and their yeah. learning community as well, which you, if talking about equity, being able to, to connect with your learning community really builds equity in, in education, mm. you know. Mm. So, um, so in, in addition, I have to say that, you know, understanding about religion really uh, helps um, eliminate prejudice, hate, and intolerance. Mm -hmm. And that is for, uh, supports equity in education as well. For sure. So can you talk some about your experience with the Religious Freedom Institute? I, I see that there's um, experience to help develop curriculum and distribute the curriculum and implement those best practices for teachers. Can you talk about some of the different supports that you have for trainers and some of the, or for teachers, excuse me, and some of the work that you've done to um, service educators? Yeah, uh, so I work with, uh, I'm a senior fellow at the Religious Freedom Institute. And so I am working with, uh, currently the Religious Freedom Institute is developing out a, a 
a curriculum unit uh, for public schools and private schools, which would focus in on the importance of religious freedom to, uh, to identity, to culture, to international politics, hmm. to a variety of, of different things. So uh, that's, that's where my focus is. And so I am helping, uh, we're, we're actually, we've piloted out the unit in several schools, including Thales Academy. We've piloted out that unit. We've gotten a lot of feedback from that unit. And now we're uh, moving forward. And, and so the Religious Freedom Institute has the Center for Religious Freedom Education. Once we, uh, once we uh, get that unit uh, finished out, we're going to start really advertising even further with that unit, bringing it more to public schools through, through the you know, different, different conferences and, and workshops. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious, you've got a wide variety of experience as an educator. Before, what have you learned about yourself and education that you didn't know before you became an educator? <laughs> uh, Trey, there is so much I've learned about education. You know, uh, when I first decided that I was interested in education, you, you know, I really thought it was going to be fairly easy, you know, mm -hmm. that you taught your lessons and you you could read your own books and do your own thing. And I didn't realize, you know, when I got into the classroom, uh, how first off energizing teaching was, but also how demanding teaching was as far as, you know, really maintaining continuous improvement and being, you know, uh, you know kind of focusing in on your practice of teaching. And I didn't realize when I first started teaching that that was going to be something that would be ever changing as you mm -hmm. continually reflect on your practice uh, of teaching. And I think, I mean, I think it's an important part of teaching, but when I saw my teachers in high school, I didn't see that reflection on praxis. You mm -hmm. know, I just assumed they just showed up and they did what they did, you yeah. know? Uh, so much more demanding than I thought was. Again, energizing, but demanding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, if I was going to address what I learned about myself, I. And I got into education, and probably you, you as well, Trey, got into education to impact others, which I think I have uh, done over, over the years. I didn't know how much it would change me. And although I hope my students learn from me, I really know that I learned from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's the, that's the coolest piece, I think, a lot of times about education and what you see from other folks as well, a lot of times our payout comes 10 years after we have a student in class or three years after you have a student in class. <laughs> but when you are the one doing the teaching, you learn from these kids every day because, and, and I, I'll tell you, I a lot of times will say that my students are my birth control because they help me understand kids and the way that they uh, operate and act and how, you know, you can't treat any child the same and just understand that. So until I have kids, they're my, my learning platform. My students help me learn about adolescence and young adulthood in some sort or form of parenthood. Yeah, yeah. Very, I've learned, you know, I used to teach Socratically as well in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And of course, Socratic discussions are, are very interesting. Uh, I learned so much about some of the great works of, of literature from, from my students who brought insights to those Socratic mm -hmm. dialogues that I had never thought of. Wow. And that really opened my mind to the fact that, you know, it's a learning community. For sure. What, what would you say is your, your mission or your purpose on, on this journey that you're on in education? Hmm. That's a good question too. 
I really think, uh, you know, to really develop, uh, see students succeed in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, it's great to see kids get great test grades, great SATs, great, you know, great test scores, get into great colleges, all that stuff. That's all important, but it's most important to see them succeed in life. Right. To have an impact on their communities around them in a very positive way. I mean, honestly, that's where I, I think at the end of the day, where my, where, what drives me. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I really appreciate the service and the, what it takes to be an educator because I, I, you know, I didn't think I was going to be an educator either. I thought I wanted to be a businessman, you know, <laughs> but I quickly realized that corporations and executives was, was not who I wanted to work with. And my heart was really for the young people. So um, Tim, I want to ask you one final question, and that's just what message do you want to leave with anybody that's listening right now or someone considering how to impact or input religion into their school system and to be the best educators they can be? Yeah, well, first off, I'd say encourage everybody that, that you make an impact. As an educator, you are always making an impact. You may not know it this year, may not know in 10 years, but you are making an impact. And those impacts are lifelong. And that's important. And always remember that. Now, and, and also I look at, uh, I just want to tell everybody, uh, you know, religion does matter. Uh, religion mm-hmm. matters to our students. It's difficult at times to talk about, but it's something that needs to be done in order for our students to really uh, be able to join the global community in a very positive way. If you're more interested in, in you know, religion and the, and the education, you can visit my website at religion-matters.com. There we go. There we go. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tim. You know, is there anywhere else that we can go to find you on social media or anything? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You have my, uh, just look up Tim Hall on LinkedIn and you'll find me as well there. I blog at, at Education uh, Matters um, as well. So I do some blogging as well about classical that's education. That's pretty cool. That's pretty. And, and I guess one more question. What is classical education? Is that different from traditional education? Um, classical education is uh, a little bit different in the sense that it, it focuses on three stages of education. Uh, the first stage is your grammar stage, which is building foundations. Second stage would be um, your uh, logic stage. And then the third stage would be your rhetoric stage, which is really building arguments. Mm. So they use that over the K-12 uh, spectrum and it really helps develop a, a student from, you know, really foundational building concepts and then taking those concepts and building the, their own arguments. Wow. If, if I'm going to do it briefly, that's how, that's, okay. that's the difference. Well, and, we might... and, and classical is really kind of focused on, classical education is really focused on uh, the whole human being as well. I mean, it's not about vocational outcomes or, it's really about, you know, we're developing the human being. Yeah. That's what, I mean, philosophically, that's what classical education is focused in on. Mm. Well, we might have to bring you back and have another conversation about classical education, Tim. That, that's pretty good right there. I'm, I'm definitely interested in learning more about classical education as well. So we can check that out at, you said, education, what website? So uh, go to classicaledmatters.com. Mm. Mm. Got it. Got it. ClassicalEd.com, ReligionMatters.com, Tim Hall on LinkedIn. Sir, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Very good. Thank you, Trey. Yes, indeed. And thank you guys for listening to the Dash Podcast. 
Every week, our goal is to bring on educators who facilitate solutions in school communities. And you just heard that from Tim Hall. So go check him out on all of his platforms and visit TreyGamers.com to get your subscription for the Dash Podcast. Check out Every Decision Counts and set up a time to talk about how we can work together, putting together an implementation program of school-wide SEL best practices. Thanks again. We will see you next time. This is The Dash.